The discussions that take place during this episode may contain topics that are controversial, sensitive, explicit, offensive, and or an inaccurate or outdated representation and or mistreatment of marginalized peoples and or cultures. This content may not be appropriate for everyone. The primary purpose of this podcast series is to entertain. While we always do our best to present factual and researched information, this does not indicate that everything said on the We Watch Disney podcast is factually and or historically accurate. We encourage you, the listener, to engage in your own research as well. Please use discretion when enjoying our show. And now, let's get on with the show. Listening to You're listening to You're listening to You're listening to You're listening to the, the We Watch, Watch Disney, Disney Podcast. Podcast. Hi guys. Hi. We need you to fulfill your one job. One <laughs> job. Do you know what your one job is? I might know. So do it. I thought Dan was supposed to count me down. Gosh. <laughs> All right, I'll count you down. You ready? Sure. All right, so we're going to go three, two, one. And after I say one, then you're going to say it, all right? Okay, I don't, don't think I can handle that. Don't say it on one, because then it's going to be all fucked up. <laughs> now you're going to make me fuck up. All right, do you need me to go over it again? <laughs> no, 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 I think I'm good. All right, you ready? You want to do a practice run first? No, that's all right. You said, you said it's only one take, right? Sure. Sure. Are you ready? Sure. Okay. Three, two, one. And we're back. Nice. Thank Very you. Good. Thanks, Kelly. <laughs> yeah, get him out of here. See you later. Get him out of here. He should, he should have said, and they're back. Because <laughs> he's no, not here. Call him back. No. <laughs> Poor Michael. Can we get a redo? <laughs> That's right. It is the We Watch Disney podcast, a place where we chronologically review everything through the decades on Disney+. Plus. You heard Gelly, but he's not here. Who else is here? Toya. Hales. Alex. Me. I'm here, too. So, this Your week... name is just me. They only know you as me. Me, me, me. Dan. <laughs> it's Dan. Um, so, this week we're going a little off schedule. We left off when we said, oh, next week we're going to do Saludos Amigos. So Wrong. I wasn't here last time. No, you oh, weren't. Yeah. We were just here. You were here, but <laughs> I wasn't. Yeah, it's been a while. But here's the deal, Saludos Amigos. It's 40 minutes, and it's awful. <laughs> so we watched something that was 120 minutes and is slightly less awful slightly still awful i got like four minutes into that and i was like no we're not doing this Absolutely and stay not. tuned to the end because we talk about something really extra super fun oh i was gonna start off with that no that's for the end oh to entice them to listen to the whole thing oh man <laughs> you're gonna put them through three caballeros again yes. no man, yes it's just terrible but yes today it is uh three caballeros um i took one for the team i watched both of them did anyone else watch the other one or no Mm-mm. okay great. no black Black Mirror came out, so... You made the right choice. <laughs> Since I'm the only one here that watched it, I'm just going to tell you all about what you missed. I'm dying to in know. In these 40 minutes. So, it's not even really that it's bad. As long as you don't take 40 minutes to explain it. I'll try to keep it to, like, at least five minutes. You could time me if you really want to. No, I'm good. It's I'm not good. even that it's, like, bad quality-wise. It's just completely pointless. Um, it's, it's te- It tells about... 
the Walt Disney animators taking a trip to Brazil to study the culture and to come up with ideas for the new, for new characters going forward. Oh, I feel like this is like a precursor to the Three Caballeros. It kind of is, because in that, um, I think towards the end of Saludos Amigos is when we first meet just Jose. Oh. And Cheeto doesn't come around until this one. So we get two-thirds of the Caballeros in that one. Um, but I also didn't want to do it because we made this whole thing about we're done with shorts. Mm. This movie is 40 minutes disguised as a film, but it's just four shorts. <laughs> It's just four shorts broken up with like clips of the cast, uh, the, the the animators, going around Brazil and like drawing different dances and stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't want to put you all through that. But there's a reason why they did it, though. It actually doesn't sound so bad. Well, like I said, it wasn't bad. It's just like we we, we couldn't shorts, review it. Yeah. We would have nothing to talk about with this. That dancing is bad. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it was nice the dancing in it. I mean, it's worth watching if you want to see. I guess. I don't know. Okay. But yeah, it's like a precursor to the Three Caballeros. But the reason why they made it, in early 1941, uh, before U.S. entered World War II, the United States Department of, St of the State commissioned Disney on a goodwill tour of South America. The intention was, um, it was th this movie was going to be shown in the U.S., Central America, and South America part of the good neighbor policy. It was being done because several Latin American governments had close ties with Nazi Germany. And the U.S. government wanted to counteract these, uh, counter these ties and sort of persuade them onto their side. Why they chose Disney to send them down, I don't know. I guess it's just on a goodwill, you know. Sure, why not? The film was funded by federal government loans that Disney had recently overexpanded themselves into European markets. And they're, they're also struggling on labor at the time due to the strike that's still going on. Right. So the movie's funded by the government. It makes it a little easier for them to make it. There's four shorts in it. Um, the first one is just Donald visiting Lake Titicaca. Just walking around, meeting the locals, and learning their customs. That's literally all that short. That first short is. The next one is about Pedro, who is an anthropomorphic airplane. Who it's like a mama bear, papa bear, baby bear type thing. Where like his dad's this big plane that he carries all the mail across Brazil. The mom, I, I don't know what the mom does, but like the dad is like sick one day, so like Pedro has to step in for his dad, and he has to like bring the mail across Brazil, like, and battle this, like, evil monster, like, while, not monster, like, mountain, oh. while it's raining, yeah, it's, then we get El Guacho Goofy, who is, it's just another Goofy short, and it's, like, showcasing the similarities between, like, an American cowboy, and I think it was Argentina, an Argentinian cowboy, but it's just, like, the narrator again, Goofy, you know, the same stuff that we did last yeah. time, and then the last one is where we meet Jose, uh, Jose, and it's just really him teaching Donald how to samba. Mm. Okay. That's basically it. Is Donald good at it? I don't remember. Oh. So, I would <laughs> imagine not. I would, just from his character, probably not. Well, just from his dancing in this one, I would say probably yeah. not. Wait, so these shorts didn't even really have, like, storylines to them? Just no, teaching the, you I how mean, to dance? The storyline, I guess, is like, here, like, let's observe the Disney animators as they... The, the purpose of the film is, like like I said, it, it's like a, it, it's to make good, good, good uh, like, peace with, like, Brazil Relations. and, like, South America. Yeah, their cultures yeah. and stuff. But yeah. it also, like, serves the importance on the American front because, this is going to sound really bad, but this is, like, literally what I saw written about the film. The perception of South American countries at this time was that they were kind of like mostly rural and like poor, like poorly inhabited, poorly dressed 
like peasants almost that like oh. yeah so when this film is like shown to americans they're almost surprised to see these vibrant cultures these like like really built up cities and like your five minutes is up yep. did you really tie me yes oh shit okay i'll wrap this up i'm, just <laughs> <laughs> I'm a man of my word so oh, yeah they were just surprised to see that it was very much similar to their culture just not what they pictured i guess well, okay. well that's interesting though i mean makes sense I guess so. Well, my five minutes are up, so I guess I'm done with some little No, if you had other thoughts, we, we'd love to hear them. Uh, no. Yeah, that's pretty much it. That's all the background that you really need on it before you go into this. So Three Caballeros holds the honor of being the first feature film um, to have animated characters interacting with live-action characters. Um, we saw a little bit kind of similar to this in The Roll of the Dragon, but none of the characters were interacting. It was just going back and forth between live-action and animation. Okay. It's oh. more, this is more like what you think of when you think of like with Mary, uh, Mary Poppins. Right, yeah. So this was the first one to do it. Okay. Um, it would get mixed reviews from audiences upon its release, which I think is pretty fair, because I think it has mixed reviews at this table. Why? Right? Uh, most critics weren't favorable of the content of the film. They thought it was a step down from prior films and was more flesh than substance, which yeah, I think is was. pretty fair. They were impressed with the technical achievements in the film, like the live-action animated sequences and the sort of paintbrush animation in li in real time as scenes are playing out. Um, but they just felt like story-wise, it wasn't. It was a step down from like Pinocchio, mm -hmm. and and you know these films that like are really character-centric. Yeah. Um, another complaint from viewers was the sort of sexual dynamics in the film. Yeah. Specifically, uh, Donald Duck lusting over Latinos throughout the whole film, liter basically, liter any chance he gets. Literally. Um, but it was nominated for two Academy Awards. It was uh, Best Scoring of a Musical Picture and Best Sound Recording, both of which they would lose. Good. <laughs> I don't know what they lost to, but good, because they didn't deserve an Academy Award. Uh, box office-wise, I, I couldn't find a budget, oddly enough, of how much it cost to make, but it brought in about $3.35 hmm. So, relatively successful, I guess you would say. Uh, currently, it holds 83% rating on Rotten Tomatoes through critics and 65 through audiences, which... I tend to trust the audiences more than the critics sometimes. I Wait, like. I know we've discussed this before, but how does Rotten Tomatoes work? It's out of 100%. Closer to 100% is better. Uh, okay. So, like, so like yeah, you, it's it's counterintuitive the way that you, you're thinking of it, because Rotten Tomatoes, you would think the higher percentage is that means that it's more rotten, but, but actually, no, when you get the tomatoes higher, are sitting there. So yeah, when you get a higher rating, they call it, like, certified fresh. Which um, is like, it might be like 75% or higher gets that kind of rating. I forget what it is. And then like anything lower. Why would it be lower, certified fresh? Because Cause they're not cause rotten. Because they're not rotten. Rotten tomatoes are like the bottom. Like I rubies. thought you wanted more rotten tomatoes. Yeah. They, you would, I, know, I understand your, your thought process on it. I think you're getting too hung up on the name rotten tomatoes. Just think percentage out of 100. Okay. So, it's very bizarre. Like test taking. I get it. Yeah. Better. I understand. Okay. So what was the percentages again? I'm sorry. For critics, they it holds an 83% approval rating. Some people are a little, uh, they're, they're brown nosing over there. Well, see, I feel like with these reviews, like I actually like the audience reviews for Rotten Tomatoes more for older stuff because I feel like they're a little more current day. But like, I feel like when you get to these like old Disney films, people just like have nostalgia about like, oh, how groundbreaking this film was. And that's why I give it a high rating. But, like, it's shit. It's a shit film. Like, yeah. it's just shit. Yeah. It's not entertaining. Like, it doesn't hold up to today's It standards. was honestly so boring. I watched it when I was watching it. I was texting you and I was texting them. And I was like, what is this? What the fuck is happening? Yeah. yeah. Finally, one more thing we like to do is where can the three caballeros be found in the parks? 
Mexico. Mexico, the Epcot. Yep, Grand Fiesta Tour, starting the Three Caballeros, is probably the most known place That's to find them. That's the only way I knew them. Um, <laughs> and a lot of parts of the film are like, oh, they look like direct pickups of the ride. Yeah, it makes the ride make so, Which, so much more yeah, sense. Obviously, honestly, the film came yeah. out way before the ride, but yeah. like, if you've never seen the film, it's like, oh my god, that's from the ride. That's literally from the ride. Yeah. It yeah. makes more sense. The minute I saw like the animation and the live action, I was yeah. like, oh, that's yeah. why the ride is so cheesy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they Have can... you seen a duck? <laughs> you get the amazing acting by the cook yeah. and the waiter who's yeah. like... With the knife, that's the guy. Yeah. Yeah. That's the guy I was saying. They can also be found on uh, posters inside Mickey's Philhar Magic, um, Coronado Springs. They have a fountain there, and at Old, uh, not Old, I'm sorry, All Star Music Resort, they have a fountain at the Calypso Pool as oh, well. Oh, yes, they do. Yeah. Cool. Three Caballeros, magical gifts from his friend San Donald on a musical journey. Released on December 21st, 1944. Oh, this is 1944. I'm sorry. I thought we jumped ahead. Well, well I we did it. No, we didn't. We're still in 1944. You suck. No, I know what it is. The next film that we review, that's a jump to 1947. Ah. But we'll get to that later. Released on December 21st, 1944 in Mexico City, Mexico. Rated G with a runtime on Disney Plus of 1 hour, 11 minutes, and 54 seconds. Most longest hour, 11 minutes, and 54 seconds of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Directed by Norman Ferguson, Clyde Jeronimi, uh, Jack Kinney, Bill Roberts, and Harold Young. Produced by Walt Disney. Distributed by RKO Radio Pictures. Starring who? RKO. Starring Clarence Nash, uh, Jose Oliveria, and Joaquin Garay. Starts off with the dreaded Disney disclaimer message for negative depictions <laughs> and or mistreatment of people of cultures. Yep. I um, love those. Yeah, those are always fun. You always know you're in for a good time then. Yeah. <laughs> Opening credits kick us off with the three caballeros song playing while and while also introducing the three caballeros himself. We got Donald Duck, Jose Carioca, uh, excuse me, Jose Carioca, uh, and Panchito Pistoles, but they only listen to him as Panchilo in this. Panchito, excuse me. Dude, you can't speak. Get I here. don't speak Spanish. I tried. I'm gonna try so yeah. hard. Actually, out of all of us, you do speak the most Spanish. Is that right? Yeah. I don't you? speak any Spanish. You? I can count to ten. I took French in high school. Oh, no. I'm going to apologize in advance. I'm going to try to pronounce a lot of this and get it terribly wrong. Panchito is the last okay. one. After the credits, we open up with a package wrapped, uh, a package with a tag on it wrapped up for Donald on his birthday. And it's in Spanish. It's in Spanish. It's Donald's 10th birthday, and this is because it's Donald's 10th anniversary as a Disney character. Actually, it might not have been Spanish. It might have been Portuguese. Yeah, they were. Yeah, speaking, yeah they spoke Portuguese. Yeah. But it was nice that they tied that in Donald's tenth anniversary. It's his tenth year being a character in Disney's yeah. universe, whatever you want to call it. It was Friday the thirteenth. Yes, yeah, it was. I noticed that. Don, what, um, yep. when's his birthday though? Because it was Friday the thirteenth, but what was it? It's fine. Uh, I'll Google it. I'm just curious. Yeah, look it up real quick. When is Donald Ducks? Donald Dicks. <laughs> Donald Dick. I like that better than Donald Duck. <laughs> Donald Dick. June. What? It's, yeah. June 9th? But on in the movie it was the 13th, 13th. of whatever. June 9th. Oh. So I guess 1934. that's 1934. So I guess like the date. Well, we the oh no, it says Donald Duck made his first screen debut on June 9th, 1934 in The Little Wise Hen. But, and this is, takes place in 1944, so it was his 10 year birthday, but they're off by a few days. Yeah. So his friends were a little late getting him his presents. Yeah, guess, the mail. Say. That plane that delivers the mail from the other yeah. show. The daddy plane. Yeah. 
Donald, very excited by the gesture, unwraps his giant box and opens it up to find more wrap boxes. Yay! <laughs> the gift that keeps on giving. Huh, Clark? <laughs> <laughs> he pulls out the first gift, and it's a film projector with home movies that come with it. Donald, excited to see what films have been sent him, sets up, sets up the projector and starts the reel. I just don't understand how this was related to any of the other two presents. It wasn't. It's like Disney just is adamant. None of it made any sense. Disney <laughs> is like adamant on getting these shorts in any way that they can. They're disguising them as films now to trick us all these years later. Let's see. Uh, the narrator on the film begins to speak, and the opening title says Aves Raras, which translates to Strange Birds. Ooh. Narrator- Alex's favorite. This was the only part I liked, actually. Get out of here, really. The guy on the um, the penguin look good, Pablo. Yes, Pablo. Yeah, I thought it was cute. The rest that, of it, I was like, "Fuck this." Well, this part, this part, I was like, "Oh, this is rough." And then when I got through the rest of the movie, I'm like, "Oh, what was I thinking?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, "I should have appreciated what I had this, when I had it." This film was treading on thin ice with me after watching Saludos Amigos, and then they start out with another, another short. short. <laughs> I was ready to skip this one too and move on to something else. Yeah. The narrator tells Donald that he has more relatives here than coffee beans in Brazil. And, and who is the narrator? Well, there's two narrators. Yeah. There's a narrator to introduce another narrator. Okay, yeah. The other narrator. The narrator. The other narrator. You want to tell me who it is? No, I forgot their name. Okay. It's uh, Professor <laughs> Sterl- Holloway, a.k.a. Sterling, Sterling Holloway. Holloway. Yeah. The voice of? Give me something. You, you, uh, you can pick any Ka. movie. Yeah. Yeah. Ka is what I think of. Cheshire Cat. Yeah. I think yeah. of Winnie the Pooh, and then I think of Ka. Mr. Stork. Yeah. Yeah. You know the voice. Everybody knows the voice. Right yep. I like his voice. It's very unique. He does have a nice voice. Yeah, very soothing. The, sh- <laughs> <laughs> the short is called The Cold-Blooded Penguin. Sterling takes us way down south of the South Pole where we're introduced to penguins. We see them ice fishing, skating, sleigh riding, and enjoying their lives. But all but one penguin named Pablo. Pablo, unlike other penguins, desires to be warm. In his igloo home, he has a fully functioning furnace called Smoky Joe. <laughs> Named his furnace. Yeah. He's bundled. Uh, Pablo is also bundled up in gloves, a scarf, and a winter hat. And he has a burning desire to spend his life somewhere tropical and warm. Like Olaf. Yeah, but I really think Pablo just wants to run away. If I'm, be- if I'm being honest, I don't think it has anything to do with the weather. He just wants to run away. Okay. He's I understand. He's definitely an outcast among the other yeah. penguins. He's like, fuck this. I don't like you. I don't like your cold. I want to be where the warm is. You know, if you think about it. I want to be where the warm <laughs> Yeah. This is like a Disney story to a T. I live somewhere. I'm different than everybody else. I want to travel somewhere yeah. else. Like, I find want to run away. Yeah. yeah. So he sets out. Um, to travel to an island of his dreams. After a few unsuccessful tries, he... Uh, and what is he riding on? I don't know, because there's like five different ways it's that he tries iceberg. to leave. I think it's an iceberg. Yeah, like, he like oh, cut out a yeah. chunk of ice. Yeah, he cuts out a chunk of ice <laughs> as like a boat. The yeah. whole With his igloo, by the way. The mm-hmm. whole time I was waiting for it to melt, and I was like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. I thought this was ice. Why doesn't it melt <laughs> until... But I don't want to jump as he travels and gets closer, he encounters a heavy layer of fog, but when the fog lifts, he finds himself just north of the Chile's, of Chile's rocky coast. Mm. So he made it pretty far. Gee. I don't know how long it's been, but... And he followed that, map, that paper map the whole time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd never be able yeah. to do that. 
<laughs> in the ocean. That's all I can think of. Yeah, like I'm like, where are your markers? Like, how do you know you're the going stars. to the right spot? I don't know, man. I just know I'd be lost at sea. <laughs> <laughs> he continues to travel day and night looking for his final destination. He travels all up the coast, passing all the nearby cities of Chile. Uh, Chile. He then crosses the equator with the help of King Neptune and finally oh, finds yeah. himself... Yeah, because the equator was like, nope. It's <laughs> like a line. And he's like, here you go. You may be <laughs> yeah. pass. Yeah, has to pay the troll toll. Yep. <laughs> uh, finally, he finds himself... Uh, oh, he finds himself on his ice boat enjoying the hot sun. He takes mm-hmm. off his winter clothes and sunbathes on his floating ice island. The only problem is that his igloo home melts away with... Um, it melts the island that he's been sailing on. Yeah. And all that he's left with is his bathtub. Yep. The only problem is he's not friends with Elsa, and that's really the big issue here. Yeah. Or Ariel. Yeah. Somebody. Anybody. Um, yeah. Pablo falls into his bathtub, which begins to sink when the plug comes undone. So he fixes the issue by, he, he like, rips off his shower rod. Yeah, and he, head. like, yeah, the head, shower head, and head. he shoves it in the drain. Yeah, and it causes the <laughs> to come out the uh, the head. Yeah, shoots out into the water, and now he's like being like propelled forward he's got by the water. Speedboat now. Yeah, yeah. it's like a jet. Element. They should have yeah. just made that be his boat the whole time. Yep. But whatever. Nobody thinks that's why he didn't have room for the furnace. Is really the problem, oh, which he was going to need job. on his hot island. Yeah, for real. <laughs> but he was just loyal. It was like a pet to him, I guess. <laughs> Won't go he anywhere without it. Smokey Joe. <laughs> he named it. But Smokey Joe was lost it. at sea. It literally sounds like something Donald Trump would tweet. Yeah, it does. Smokey, Smokey Joe. Joe. <laughs> <laughs> mm. As he continues, uh, continues to travel the ocean at a new speed, he spots an island in the distance. Pablo has finally reached his desired destination away from everybody and away from civilization, except for one lone turtle, mm-hmm. which is like serves as his like slave, I guess, or whatever, because he's just like bringing gifts in. All right. Serves as his uh, work assistant. assistant sure. Yeah. He's just bringing drinks to Pablo back and forth from wherever he's getting the drinks from. Who knows? Maybe he pays him a fair wage. Maybe. <laughs> Pablo is beat red now and sweating, but he seems to enjoy it. They but, call him tan and happy and healthy. And bro, I'm like, he is he's cooked. red. Yeah. Like, he's wait, sunburned. you missed the whole part where he almost died. When did he almost die? When he, when his iceberg melted and then his bathtub was sinking and then the thing popped out that the stopper popped out and he had all this water shooting under out from under it so he ripped off the um shower head and stuck it in the bathtub and then he used it as a motorboat what a genius this is why he was my favorite (laughs) thank you alex i missed all of that (laughs) wait did you (laughs) but i appreciate your contribution thank you She's here, but yeah. not. <laughs> Poor Alex. It's okay. She woke up right before she got here. Probably, I'm assuming. Yeah, a little while before. 
Pablo reminisces over pictures from the South Pole and seems to slightly miss his old home. Damn, oh, never satisfied. Grass is always greener. I know. The original narrator comes on and acknowledges that it is human nature to never be satisfied. Even though he's a penguin. And apparently for penguins too, which Donald agrees with as the short comes to an end. And yes, shorts in this film mm-hmm. that we're reviewing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They tricked us. They did. They did, and it doesn't even take... What? What do you got for me? Keep going. No. We did miss something, and I just don't understand it. Okay, when he go. looks at the... Per- it's a periscope, and he sees this random guy on an island. Oh! Yes. Who was that guy, um, and what was that? Someone Crusoe. Jacques? Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay, I do remember that now. I guess what, somebody already had that island, so he didn't want to go there? Is that what? Yeah, but, well, that was he was, like, known for something. Yeah, um, hold on, I'm gonna, I forget what it is. I just didn't, I didn't understand that part. I was like, how does he know of this guy? And how is this guy living in just a hut with one palm tree on this random island? I don't know, sounds like he's living the life. (laughs) (laughs) It was Crusoe, Robinson Crusoe. Robinson Crusoe. Yeah. Yeah. Him. That's who it was. Never mind. Robinson Crusoe tells the true story, and the air quotes is important. Because, like, when you're reading it, you're supposed to think it's true, but it's not true. It's fictional. Narrated retrospectively in the first person of a young Englishman who, against the wishes of his parents, set sail on a dangerous sea voyage. Um, Daniel Defoe's novel draws on contemporary travel narratives and tales of real-life castaways such as Alexander Selkirk. So I guess, like, in the book, he becomes a castaway. They should have just put the Swiss Family Robinson there. Right. Damn! Mm -hmm. Do you want to know the ending of the book? He dies. Mm -hmm. (laughs) No. It was based on a book. The castaway? Oh. It was just... Okay, so Crusoe returns to Europe, where he comes. Wow. I don't know. I know you're in the where book. he where he comes into a great deal of money from his sugar plantations. He then gets married, has children, and eventually revisits his island. So I guess he re- he lives on an island as a castaway at some point, and in the middle of the book, and then leaves, comes back to Europe, is filthy rich, and then yeah, now has an island. Yep. Interesting. That yep. book sounds terrible. I probably didn't include it because I saw it in the short and I was like, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> there was too much other stuff to care about. The narrator then trans- transitions us right over to the next short. Uh, no break at all. It's the Flying Guachicho. Oh, I hated this one. <laughs> in the depths of the jungle of the Amazon, you will find many exotic birds. Toucans, scissor birds, and the Arakuan. I like that one. I fucking hated this bird. Why? I hated all the birds. After five minutes of just fucking birds, I was like, this can't be real. <laughs> this cannot be real. This bird is just Woody Woodpecker. Yeah. That's yeah. what this bird is. Really? really? Seriously? That's exactly what and I Woody thought. Woody Woodpecker came at first. I'll just have you know. I so. like Woody Woodpecker. <laughs> the Arakuan is known for the song he sings, just like most annoying... Coll- it's, it's just a co- collection of noises. That's all it is. He doesn't <laughs> sing at all. He just makes noise. Mm. I mean, he's a bird, I guess, but I hated this bird. Um, I was worried this bird was going to be all over the film the whole way through. And he was only the whole way there, like, for maybe, like, halfway through the film. Then we just kind of... He kind of disappears. Yeah. Why do you like this bird? I don't know. I think it's cute. Because he's pink? No. Well, I didn't even notice that he was pink. He's pink or like red. Are you Something sure it's like the right bird? The one that like pops in and has like the big red like tuft and he like makes the noise and then dances around the screen. Yeah. And yeah. fucks with the, the railroad, yeah. the train yeah. tracks. Yep. 
Voice of the Bird, by the way, is Pinto Holvig. Same voice as Goofy. So mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of interesting. Mm. Then the narrator asked Donald if he would like to hear a story about another bird so amazing you wouldn't believe it. Wait a minute. I'm sorry. Can we just reflect really quick on the toucan thing? They were talking about how the toucan's beaks couldn't, oh, yeah. like, they inflicted on the lovemaking. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, yeah, the beaks prevented them from being able to, like, canoodle with Yeah, each other. and I was just like, that's such a weird thing to put in this movie, but okay. I wonder if it's true. I don't know, we should test it out, get some toucans and see if they can mate. We can ask Toucan Sam. Yeah, they can mate, but they just can't, you know, like, nuzzle, like, kiss. Yeah. Toucan can't. Anyone can just stick parts in where they fit, you know? Like, but it's <laughs> the... Like a puzzle. Yeah. <laughs> But their big noses, I mean, beaks, get in the way of their, like, snuggling. Yeah. Do you want to hear a story about another bird so amazing you won't believe it? Yeah. Do I? No, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this one. Anyway, so. This one's right. a little bit better. I had to watch it, I think, three times, though, to, like, comprehend. Oh, I'm so sorry for you. Uh, early morning in springtime Uruguay. We then meet the narrator when he was a little guachicho. Oh, I hated this. He, yeah. Yeah, he is the little guachicho. He's up early to go hunting for birds, but not actual hunting. I guess just like bird watching. He didn't have a gun or anything with him, so I guess he just wanted to find birds. No, I don't think that they hunted with him. He had like the little... Oh, he was on the rock. Okay. The narrator introduces traditional South American clothes for the viewer as he sets off for the mountains. He's looking uh, high up in the mountains for condors, searching on top of rocks, looking everywhere for nests. Uh, he spots a nest up on one rock, but discovers inside is instead a flying donkey. What are the odds? <laughs> the ah, a burro. A burro. <laughs> the little guachicho tries to capture the donkey, but struggles. Eventually, he manages to hop on top of it and attempts to tame him as his own. It literally looked like a thing out of Fantasia. Like, yeah. I'm pretty sure it was the same thing that was, like, accompanied with um, the wine god. Oh, with the uh, the centaurs. Yeah, but like no, like when well that same clip, but like when the, all the gods and goddesses are like partying and stuff. Oh, okay. And like the big fat guy. Yeah, I know what you're talking. The about. The god of wine. It was yeah. definitely something. He drunk off his ass. Yeah, yeah, he rode on like a donkey, I think, and I think it was a flying donkey. I think it was this donkey. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of Fantasia influences in this movie. Actually, it feels like it a lot of times. Yeah. Uh, we fast forward and see that he has successfully uh, trained the donkey as his own, but he has it flying up in the sky, although tied to a string. Why can't you just, like, let things be? Why do you gotta own everything? I know. He's like, he thought, he's like, I'm gonna make a fortune off of this, and he, like, was gonna sell him. Then he befriended him. The burrito, which means little donkey, learns new tricks Aww, every day. burrito. Which oh. means little donkey. <laughs> <laughs> Why do anyone think, you know, food-wise, you know? Yeah, I didn't... I mean, but really, though, so when we eat a burrito, we're, it's like, does that same mean little donkey? I guess we'll never know, because I didn't look it up. Okay. You uh, did a whole lot of research, I can tell. Yeah, I know. I didn't, I, it he was really, over it. After the saludos, whatever the fuckers yeah, they were called. <laughs> I've actually noticed that, depending on the film, like, my desire to look up more information, like, just... Plummets. That is so yeah. not Here's good. the definition um, of a burrito. A Mexican dish consists of... <laughs> no, look up burrito donkey. I guarantee you it'll come up. Burrito donkey. Donkey. Definition. Shrek. I'm a donkey, Shrek. <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> oh. 
The word burrito is a dim, I don't know how to pronounce this word. Diminutive. Diminutive form of Spanish burro, meaning little donkey. Unfortunately, no one is sure exactly how the food got to be named after the pack animal. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, that's all I need. That's all I need. No one knows. Probably America's. <laughs> yeah, probably. probably our fault. <laughs> the burrito learns new tricks every day and bonds with his new owner, and the two quickly become very good friends. The next morning, we see in the city it is the day of the fiesta. Locals are dancing in the street, playing instruments and games. There is also a race that is going to be taking place: the Gran Carrera, which mm-hmm. translates to the Great Race. Cool. With a prize of a thousand pesos to the winner. A burrito race. The little guachicho and the, his burrito enter the race, much to the amusement of this table and the other horses and jockeys. As the starting gun shoots to start the race, all the other horses take off, but burrito is still at the fin- uh, starting line. That's okay, Rocky. You go and you're ready. The little guachicho tries to get him going in the right direction, but he is traveling at a prancing pace and not moving very quick they at all. kind of cute, though. Yeah. Crowd laughs more as the little donkey can't run very fast. The other horses have made their turn around the corner. So it's like a race where you go to one end, you loop around, and then you come back to where you started. Um, So they've made their turn around the corner, and they're now headed back to the finishing line. Realizing that they're in trouble of losing, the little guachicho (laughs) takes off the cover on his burrito, revealing that it has wings. (gasps) Cheater. He cheated, exactly. Didn't he know it had wings from the beginning? We knew it had wings. No, he knew. They were, I don't think they were going to allow him the race if they if he showed up with a donkey I mean, like, is, does it say that in the rule book? How, many, how often does one come across a flying donkey? Legal loophole. They, they never specifically stated <laughs> yeah. no flying donkeys. <laughs> so, Burrito takes off at a blazing speed, catching up to the field. Um, he flies past the field and wins the race with ease in the matter of like seconds yep. when he goes to collect his prize the burrito takes off flying into the sky with little guachicho still attached to it the rest of the field realizing that they've been cheated angrily yell at him as they fly away off into the sky never to be seen again without their prize money yeah i was gonna say so we didn't win the prize so assumably i assume all these men fought over 65 us 60 us dollars and that's might be a lot to them maybe yeah and back then it probably was a lot yeah and that's how the short ends it's amazing. And yeah. Donald, that was his gift. Yep. What a shit gift. <laughs> Be like, thanks. One third of his gift. Whoever sent me this gift. Back to Donald now. He sees another present uh, is glowing inside and playing music. He opens it up to find a pop-up book, and inside the book is his friend that we saw in Saludos Amigos, Jose. 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 I hated Jose. Oh, wait. Sorry. Fifty-eight dollars in nineteen forty-four—that's the year you said, right? Yes. Is equivalent to a thousand dollars today. So Ooh. not that All much. Right, so a thousand. But All right. uh, enough for a donkey <clears throat> race. Yeah. Okay. Fair. Continue. He opens up the pop-up book and finds Jose inside. Um, Jose asks Donald if he's ever been to Bahia. Which, by the way, when I was looking up this place, they all that I could find—it's spelled with an H. It is spelled with an H. There's a lot. It really comes off as like American ignorance. There's a lot of cities spelled wrong in this mm-hmm. short. They're constantly missing letters everywhere. Is yeah. it? Is it not just spelled differently in Portuguese? Well, I was looking up, and well, I mean, yeah, but like they should have been writing it in Portuguese. Yeah, like, on I guess the, on the short. Right? Yeah, I guess if it's a proper noun too, it should be the same, right? I don't. I, don't know. I mean, I'm just saying. I don't know everything. I couldn't find any spelling without the h yeah. online. So, the uh, the Araquan's back. 
Yeah. He interrupts Jose, takes his uh, cigar. All yeah. I'm going to say is, if I had to hear Jose ask Donald if he's been to Baia one more fucking time, <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna go to Baia. Okay. Have you ever been to Baia? I have not, and I heard it's an amazing place. So oh. I, everything I was looking, it's apparently very beautiful. Oh. Like current day? Yeah. Yes, like oh. for real, it's very beautiful. It has a lot of like history and old buildings and stuff. It's supposed to be very nice to visit. It sounds huh. nice. Yep. Yeah, Jose's see. been telling us. Yeah. No one listens to Jose. Well, Jose's never been there either, apparently. Oh, really? Well, Jose's been there. No, because no, because then Donald goes, Jose, like he asks him, he's like, have you been to Baia? And Jose goes, no. And Donald goes, well, let's go. That's so weird. Did you guys even watch the movie? I did, but I just assumed <laughs> I that he's been there. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember. It's just fucking misery. And how did he know about all of the people there? He's like, oh, that's Yaya. She sells cookies. <laughs> like, how did he know if know. he's never been there? Yeah, my, everybody I, knows Yaya. I personally think she that sells- Jose just has a bad memory, but... <laughs> Whatever. Everybody's going to Baia for the cookies from Yaya. <laughs> and I was texting Dan while I was watching it, and I was like, leave the Yaya alone, let her sell her goddamn cookies. Poor Honestly, lady. I thought from watching this movie that I would have the three caballeros yeah, three stuck no. in my head, but no, I just have Yaya, Yaya, Kume, Kume, stuck in my head. <laughs> No, the Three Caballeros song doesn't really play all that No, much, and it does. It's different than what's in the ride. And yeah. Yeah. All right, so backtracking. So they go to Baia. They go to Baia. He takes us through the the, the pop up book into the map. Um, music begins to play. They blue skidoo into the map. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, there's actually it. So there's like there's the Baia song, which is literally just like pictures of Baia. Yeah. Like that's all it is. They yeah. don't really go anywhere in there, and that's when they come back, and then Donald joins them to go on a trip to Baia. And the two shrink down to size, jump into the pocketbook, uh, pop-up book, and they catch a train that looks a lot like the Casey Jr. train, mm-hmm. I feel like. And the train's supposed to take them to Baia, but the Arakuan mm-hmm. fucks everything up for them of by course. drawing tracks everywhere. Yeah. And Mickey and Minnie, runaway railway style, just splits up the train <laughs> and everything's going in every, di- every direction. Mm-hmm. Damn. I can't believe you like this bird. I know. <laughs> Such a nuisance. He had some interest in the plot. <laughs> No, he didn't. Um, <laughs> the pair hear a woman singing in the distance, and Jose tells Donald that it's Yaya. Is that her name, or is that what she is? That's the, that's her name that's as her well. Name. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. okay. Uh, Yaya is live action. She's a live action woman who sells cookies. She's played by Aurora Miranda. Who she's is, a real girl. She's a real girl. Um, <laughs> she's a Brazilian singer and actress. Her appearance here is probably what audiences know her best for. Um, she's also credited for the like unofficial anthem of Rio de Janeiro. Oh. So like I guess like a like a you know, an icon in Brazil, I okay. guess you would say. Cool. She sings to the pair and offers some cookies, and Donald is instantly in love, a theme that would carry out all throughout this film he with any woman. Love he a lot, and I just feel bad for Daisy because you know, Yeah, I'd like to remind everybody Daisy exists at this point. Yeah. Um, the two follow Yaya and try to get her attention as they dance down the street together. Just take your cookies and leave her alone. Well, they miss their chance because soon they're joined by a lot of male dancers who are very, very happy to see Yaya and her can, cookies. Can we talk about the, the tangerine guy? Did oh, anybody well, notice him? Yeah, where he, he Donald tried to smack him yeah, with the hammer. Did he not, to anyone else, look like, what's his name, Sasha 
Baron Cohen. Baron yeah. Cohen. Oh, I don't which know. Which is that. um he's Borat. Um, yeah, Borat. Oh. Uh, he literally looked exactly like him and I was like what I is happening? That. Yeah. <laughs> So the male dancers sing, and uh, they they all try to get Yaya's attention. Um, they're playing instruments for her. They're trying to serenade her. She turns down a guy um, who's playing a guitar, and he just it like zooms in on his face, and he just like squints, Stares and he's like, her. "Oh, I'll get you, bitch, for this." And just <laughs> yeah, leaves. that was weird. She, Yaya must have the best cookies over there in Bahia because, you know, everybody be wanting her cookies. That's what I hear. Um, next up is a gentleman who plays the pencil. No, what about the trumpet guy? What trumpet guy? There's a guy leaning against the wall and he's playing his like trumpet and then his hat goes oh, up yeah, his yeah, head. Oh, yeah, yeah, there's that guy too. And it comes back down. Yeah. Symbolism? Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, I was really distracted by this pencil guy. No, but guy. the pencil guy really, I, I remember him too. He plays the pencil with his teeth. Was it actually a pencil? I don't, yeah, th- it, I don't think so. It looked like a pencil, was it not? I don't think it was really a pencil. I think it just looked like a pencil. It looked like a pencil. It was too thin to be like a flute or a piccolo. Well, no, he's just I, clanging it against I, his teeth. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was... You, you ever see like those those things? Like what Michael has with the... Where you... Like the frog that's wood. Yeah, I thought he was like, doing oh, that against it, his teeth. Yeah, that's what I thought it was. Oh, so I thought he was like... Eh, with the pencil, like playing it like a flute. I don't think so. No. But I don't know. Maybe because that's also not how you play the flute. Yeah, so... It's also not how you play a pencil. <laughs> Donald is relentless trying to dance with Yaya. Just as he's about to go for a kiss, this is where the man with the tangerine basket on his head, he starts singing, and Yaya just is immediately, you know, lured in by this guy. Yeah, she likes his his produce. Yeah. (laughs) Donald turns green with anger, and Jose calms him down, but also gives him a hammer to whack him on the head. Wait, Dan. Green is envy, red is anger. Yeah. You turned green, and he was angry. <laughs> yeah, I know, so that's what I was thinking. I'm like, just telling you what I saw. He was angry, and he was green. Yeah. And he had horns for some reason, too. Yeah. Ooh, devil. Yeah. Yeah, and Jose's like, calm down, dude. They but got here's the, col- a, but they here's got the a colorblind <laughs> animator for that Go one. Go whack him on the head. Well, he ultimately misses and clunks himself on the head instead. Everybody is dancing together in the square with Yaya and her cookies. Um, just then, the man with the guitar, who she turned away earlier, comes back and he brought the bitches with him. He's got all these women for all these men. And they all pair up with uh, all the women that he brought. Wow. And the party leaves with everyone except Yaya. Damn. So he got her at the end. He showed her. Um, I feel like we're making the sound a lot more interesting than it actually is. I know. Is. No, this is exactly how it went. Well, I mean, that well, sounds pretty scandalous the way making, Dan just told the story. Yeah, I'm not making any of this up. This is well, exactly honest, what happened. Honestly, if we're making it sound interesting, I think we're doing our job pretty well. <laughs> Someone had to make this inter- uh, interesting. So the party leaves without Yaya, and this is Donald's opportunity to move in on her. Poor Yaya. He's Yeah, I know. <laughs> she got saddled with the duck. <laughs> uh, Donald brings a bouquet of flowers, which Yaya happily accepts, because there's Not no one really, else there though. Well, she plants a kiss on him. She kisses him and then walks away, and he's like still there with the flowers. He's stunlocked. He can't move. Yeah. And then everybody just leaves. We then transfer to another party that Yaya has returned to, so I guess she caught up with the group. Um, two guys fight for her attention in the form of dancing. They're fighting uh, to through dance dancing. Off. They're dueling. Yeah, and, and the, the lighting, it like turns them back and forth into like chickens, like cockfighting almost. <laughs> oh, that's what it was? That's they looked like they looked like phoenixes to me. <laughs> that's probably a little better. It looked like cockfighting to me. <laughs> oh my god. Yaya leads a dance down the street of Bahia again with the whole town moving and grooving before the pop-up book closes. And, and, and they're the smushed and, to we, death. and we never know what happens to Yaya. 
Bye, Yaya. <laughs> or her cookies. <laughs> Damn. Did anyone even try a cookie? Maybe they were terrible. I did not see anybody eating any of the cookies. Then who? who you know what's so knows? funny is that when Yaya walked by the first time with, like, she passed Donald and Jose, she's just like singing her song. She's not even like, "Do you want to buy my cookies?" She's yeah. just like holding her cookies on her head, singing, and then they like are swooning and just like looking at her. Come and, in, then, come in, come in. and then she just walks away. She's like, "I guess they're not gonna buy any cookies," but like, how do they know that they're for sale? I don't know. I don't know. That was just that was one of my pet peeves. She's not a very good businesswoman. No. <laughs> well, I mean, she does get sexually harassed a lot. So maybe she just doesn't want to draw attention to herself. Maybe there are cookies for her. Maybe she was like, I just bought these cookies and I'm bringing them home. And now all these people are fucking bothering me. Uh, <laughs> damn, there goes Yaya again with the cookies. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I looked them up. They were supposed to be like some kind of like pineapple cookie, I think. Ooh, I don't know. That, that sounds terrible. Good. Oh. Yeah, that's <laughs> disgusting. Oh. I hate pineapple cookies. Have you ever had I mean, I a hate, pineapple cookie? I meant cookie? to say I hate pineapples, oh. so I've never had a pineapple cookie. Jose manages to pull himself and Donald out of the book. Um, Donald has fallen in love with Baia now. Um, he goes to open his remaining presents, but he can't reach them because they're still small from when Jose shrunk them down. Donald even calls himself and Jose midgets. Yes. Which I'm was... A and I was like, what? <laughs> I did the same thing. I was like, huh? What? <laughs> Excuse me? Little person. You are a little person. And that's not even... Whatever. Yeah. It's not even accurate. <laughs> no, they just shrunk. <laughs> like Alice. Yeah. Jose uses a little black magic to trick... Alice. 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 Oh. <laughs> Alice in Wonderland? Oh, uh, when did Alex shrink? No. Okay. Damn, that's mean. I'm not getting any taller. <laughs> <laughs> but are you shrinking? Not that I know of. Okay. <laughs> I think you're good. <laughs> Jose uses a little black magic to transfer himself back to normal size. Donald gives it a try himself, but struggles with the spell, and instead inflates himself disproportionately, much to the amusement of Jose. Jose eventually helps him out and gets him back to normal size. He's like, you used the wrong finger. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, pardon me. He got, like, no instructions whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My bad. Donald goes to open his next present, and the Three Caballeros theme plays. Only one remaining, and sure enough, he pops out. It's Panchito blasting his way through the picture with his pistols. Interesting <laughs> to note, Panchito never introduces himself and never says his name. Uh, the only way that we know is from the opening credits, but he never oh. he never even tells him what his name is. Well, why wouldn't you know who he is? Like, you just know who he is. Yeah, but we've never did, been introduced... That was the other thing, yeah. How we don't really know how Donald, Panchito, and Jose. I just kind of assumed they were cousins. Became yeah, but like. Well. They are because they he said they opened it up saying like you have more cousins. Jose and Donald meet in Saludos Amigos. Okay, but then what about Panchito? He just pops up here. He just shows up. He's the third cousin. See, I kind of picture it like when you go to like family reunions as a kid and you meet all your like long lost cousins. Yeah, but you're not like besties with them immediately where you're going to join and start forming a band. No, but I feel like I, I don't know. I interpreted it as like they've like grown up going to like these things together and like knew each other, but they live far away and now they're like adults on their own like hanging okay. out. That makes sense. And I know that's very in, in intricate for yeah. what this is, but that's just yeah. how I interpret it. That works. That works in my mind. That... Yeah, I'll buy it, whatever. <laughs> that works for me. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Panchito is a rooster, and unlike Jose, who represents Brazil and South America, he represents Mexico and Central America. The trio, for the first time, sing the three caballeros together. The song concludes with saying, although they're pals... If some Latin baby says yes, no, or maybe, it's every man for themselves. Yeah. 
Um, I'm a little confused about the no part. Or maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, okay. what do you mean by that? Fair, fair. Pachito has brought Donald a gift for his birthday. It's a piñata. Donald is taught that a piñata is the spirit of Christmas, introducing our next short. I actually, okay, so before you this get into this, so random. I was like wondering, and I didn't look it up, I should have, but I was like, I wonder if that's really the history behind piñatas? I don't know. I mean, I would assume so. I don't know why they would just like make that up for this. You don't know why Americans in 1944 would just make shit up about another culture. But I'm just saying, they spent the whole 40-minute movie going to... Well, they went to Brazil. They didn't go to Mexico. Shit. I don't know. Look it up, Hills. Piñatas, a staple in Christmas traditions. See? You don't give enough credit to Disney. It says... You're right, I don't. So then why do they use First, you need to know that piñatas for Christmas are constructed months ahead of the holiday season. Mm -hmm. And they are the key for posados, mm. or posadas. Mm -hmm. Those are parties fueled by music and food and kids and, and kids breaking piñatas. Wait. But I saw something before I clicked on this link. It said the way that piñata is broken, blindfolded, symbolizes faith in Christ. I don't know how, but that's what it says. Well, people who are, like, I think Mexico is, well, now, is very Catholic. Yes. So I think that maybe like they took it from like being the Christmas tradition and they implemented it in birthday parties because of like their their religious mm -hmm. like base. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. In Mexico, they sing La Posadas. The story is told through still image drawings of children reenacting the journey of Mary and Joseph searching for a room at the inn. A different story than Michael Scott was looking for a room at the inn and was denied. <laughs> The children gather at the church and travel house to house with images of saints. They sing their plea for shelter, and a reply comes from within. No! No. <laughs> get out. Yeah, they're like, get the fuck out. You peasant. <laughs> exactly. They try again, and they receive the same message over and over, um, until they reach a friendly house with an open door. The children are invited inside to celebrate and feast together. The biggest celebration of all is the breaking of the piñata. Love is an open door. Yes. <laughs> we come back to the trio where Panchito tells Donald it's now his turn to break the piñata. The pair blindfold him, and every time he attempts to swing, they pull the piñata up, causing him to miss. That's so rude. Yeah. <laughs> um, eventually, the piñata is broken by Donald, and gifts come pouring out. No candy, though, like normal piñatas today. Um, Panchito then opens up a book titled Mexico that Donald received, he teaches them about the story of the Mexican flag. Mexico. This was interesting. I thought that was this cool. This was kind of interesting. I don't know how true it is. No, I, I looked it up. It oh, it is true? It's true. They drained the lake. That's really cool. And I never well, actually... It's not cool they drained the lake, but the, the story behind it is cool. Yeah. I never actually realized what was on the center of the Mexican yeah, yeah. flag. I knew there was something there, but I never... Yeah. The god of the Aztecs commanded them to big, build a big city where they would find an eagle destroying a serpent. Um, a snake. A snake, yeah. They did find this, but they found it on top of a cactus on top of a rock in the middle of a lake. They still built the city there on the lake, and today it's the place of Mexico City. I also had really good eyesight to see that. Really patient bird, too. Yeah. Yeah. We get drawings depicting Mexico while a man sings, Mexico with all your romance, your, lo your song of love, and will live forever after. After the song concludes, Panchito invites the other two on a tour of Mexico on the Magic Sarape. Which, if you look at the map at the end of the ride, 
a lot of those places are on the map. And I always wondered, like, why are so many of them, like, in, Bo- like, Veracruz and, a- a- I can't pronounce it, Acapulco? Acapulco. Okay. Acapulco? Yeah. yeah. That place? Like, why they're, like, bigger on the map? I was like, that's not the capital. Yeah. <laughs> like, why do, you know, now it makes sense. Magic serape. Serape is like a long blanket or a shawl or a cloak that you would wear. Um, the three hop on the serape, which carries them into the book. They so fly. basically it's just a Mexican magic it's, carpet. It's a magic carpet, yeah, like from Aladdin. Yeah. Um, the three... Yeah, because there was no hole in it to like put your head, like a poncho. It's like a poncho, right? Because that's how they wore it. Uh, you would wear it like a shawl Oh, or a like cloak. a shawl. So yeah, so mind. your head wouldn't go through it. Okay. Yeah. The three hop on the Serape, which carries them into the book, and they fly out over different uh, live-action landscapes of Mexico, similar how they do on the ride. Uh, Panchito brings them back out of the book and shows them another page of traditional Mexican dancing. The Jarabe Panteno is what it's called. Um, then the Serape brings them back into the book and takes them across Mexico to Veracruz. The map that they fly over, like you said, Victoria, looks exactly like at the end of the ride. Mm-hmm. It's the same one. Um, in Veracruz, three, the three watch people dancing the Lilongo, is what it's called. Well, they watch women dancing the Lilongo. That is true. Donald attempts to cut in with the women dancers and perform his dancing, which is kind of like a like roaring 20s swing dancing almost. Yeah. Um, and he and the lady that he's dancing with, they, they share a dance together. Pachito wrangles up the boys to take them to the next spot, much to Donald's protest as he wants to stay with the ladies. Always right. with the ladies. But little did he know where he was going to. Because Donald's been lusting all throughout this movie. Yeah, he's one horny duck. He is, and his next stop is a beach in Acapulco. Was that a real beach? Or was it just... No, actually... A um, fake beach. I was trying to look at the backdrops. It didn't look uh, like it was real. No, I think there was one scene that they shot on, like, in a studio, like, in the U.S., it might have been this, actually, now that you mention it. The animation for this I thought was kind of interesting because um, at first I'm like, oh, it's just the same animation like that they've done with everything because it's like the live-action people on the beach with Donald. And sure, he wasn't making footprints in the sand or anything like that, which bothered me. But then when they were tossing him up in the yeah, blanket... Yeah, that was really cool. I was like, yeah. how are they doing that? Oh, well, do you want to know? Yeah. So they had, like, an actual item uh-huh. that they were tossing up and down to have it weighted when it landed in there, and then they just animated over it every single frame. Yeah, that's. I was, like, <laughs> looking so closely yeah. when Donald would appear. I'm like, yeah. mm, is he there? Can you see him? Yeah, no, they did a good job. It was yeah. like a magnifying glass up to I, the TV. I thought that scene was done very well. Yeah. I, that, yeah. I was, that's one that stuck out to me. I was impressed by it. Yeah, I thought it was interesting, especially for, like, that time. Yeah. So, we arrive at this beach... There's hundreds of young ladies in their 1940s bathing suit, relaxing and sunbathing. Which are super cute, by the way. I yeah, like those bathing suits. Yeah. You know who else liked those bathing suits? Donald and the boys like those bathing Donald suits. Donald really did like those bathing suits. So they're, they're, they're perving through binoculars, um, and they make a dash to the beach. Donald right. does. Notably, it's all women on the beach. Only yeah. women. There are no men. No men on this beach. Donald gets loose and makes his way down to the beach where he is playing this game with a whole bunch of girls. Um, he's blindfolded and is, like, chasing all the girls around with his hands out, just trying to grab onto any any woman he can find. Um, Anyone they, that'll take him. Yeah, they tease him by tapping his head and running away. It's like Marco Polo, just with no water, basically, and 
surprises women. Um, Donald at one point says, "Come here, my little enchilada," <laughs> while chasing all the women. At least he didn't call him a burrito. Yeah, that's weird though. Um, yeah, this is where he gets launched up into the air with the blanket as they're like uh, they're holding him. Um, Donald continues chasing them all around the beach before the girls are saved by the other caballeros, who grab Donald and pull him out of there back on the magic serape, and Donald angrily squawks as they fly away. Yeah, and then he tries to climb back into the picture. Yeah, yeah and Jose or Panchito, one of them, is like, get back here, you bumbling idiot. Yep. All right, this is the home stretch. This is where it really starts to get boring. Is this where Alex tapped out the first yeah. time? I think, yeah, like, before this, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> so, Panchito next shows them uh, nightlife of Mexico City as a woman's voice and face appears singing the next song, You Belong to My Heart. This is uh, Dora Luz singing. She's a Mexican singer and recording artist. Um, she recorded Destino, the Disney and Sav- uh, Salvador Dali short. Remember it plays in like the lobby of Grand Destino Tower? You ever heard of that? Yeah, I feel it, but I would have to see it. Okay, the song that's in that, this is her as well. Okay. She sings of Mexico City's beauty and Donald falls in love again. Um... Donald dances and floats among the stars and the moon with the song. This is very like Fantasia esque. Yeah. Almost. Wait, which one? We did we miss the scene where it's like? No, we did. We missed it, because one thing that I did think was extremely Fantasia esque is when it's like a line in the middle of the screen and the. Oh, that's when Panchito appears. Yeah, yeah. yeah, That was like straight out of Fantasia. Yeah. Remember when they had the line and they did the music thing? Like, and I was like, oh. Yeah. And it like, uh, it like, um, is like set to like the three Caballero song. And that's when Panchito comes out. Yes. Yes. Then it turns into Donald surreal revere. Uh, it gets kind of psychedelic here with, uh, the other Caballeros like randomly cutting into the place of the women, like their heads on their bodies while they're dancing. Yeah. Different color images, real depictions, uh, Dora loses face inside of flowers. Eventually it trans- uh, transitions to live action again um, with Donald on a stage with cacti all around him. Yeah, that was weird. Sorry. <laughs> I, I just, just sent that all three of you I just sent that to you so yeah. that you would have it. Yeah. Vicky's flight was missing, so I checked to see if mine was there, and it was, and I screenshot it and sent it to her so she'd have the confirmation. <laughs> and then my sister's talking about how my nephew got was lost in Target, so I'm just I'm just reading that. And Alex is just living her best life over there. She's Cleo as a baby. She's looking at pictures of her cat. Oh, look at her little face. <laughs> Uh, Donald's on stage with uh, cactuses all around, cacti. Um, one of the cacti dances in the distance, and its shape turns into that of a woman, and it's Dora again. I hated this segment. This was weird. This was equivalent to elephants on parade, honestly. <laughs> you want to go off on this? This for a is what bit? was on when we when Alex got here, right? Yeah. 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 She's in a sombrero. She's got cowboy boots on. She's dancing the Jessica in Chihuahua, a trademarked song from the Mexican Revolution. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the well, scene... she can keep it because it was a terrible, weird <laughs> segment, and <laughs> she can keep it. <laughs> like the song was fine. It wasn't that. It was just the weird. It was the cacti. Yeah. Honestly, yeah, I mean, there's really not a lot going on here. She's just dancing with Donald as she turns back and forth into like a cactus, um, <laughs> which sounds weird out of context, but that's yeah. what happens. <laughs> Um, after dancing for some time, she fades off into the distance, turning back into a cactus before Donald can reach her. 
um, Panchito and Jose make their return and decide to spice up the finale. Um, Donald. Spice up your life. Yeah. Um, Donald ends up battling the same toy bull with wheels on its legs uh, that he got earlier in his gifts from the uh, pinata. Except the bull is loaded with fireworks that Jose lights. All the fireworks go off with Donald inside and the two collide, sending all the fireworks up into the sky, celebrating the end of the film. Yay. The fireworks explode, Finn in the colors of the Mexican flag, Finn in the colors of the Brazilian flag, and then finally the end in the colors of the American flag. Wait, but we didn't talk about the weird lady in the flower. Yeah. At the oh, her face kept appearing in Where, the and it was Alex so... is laying here watching. She's like, I feel like I'm in a fever dream. Yeah. <laughs> it did. It because was bizarre. It was. It was so fucking weird. And also it was the most boring song. I was like, oh my God, I want to die a little. Yeah. And then she, so she's like animated in the flower. And then, like, there's this other chick who has, like, a fucking flower costume on her head. And I don't know... This is the same woman over and over again. Yeah, (laughs) I know, but it was so weird. I didn't like it. Even Donald, he had his face through a flower, but the the rest of his body was just hanging out outside the flower. It was weird. It was very weird. And there was something you said yesterday that I told you last night, and you said, do you want to save it for tomorrow? Do you think Hillary will remember to say it? And I said, if she doesn't say it, then I'll remember and I'll remind her to say it. What did I... I don't know. Was it? Or was it Alex? Because Alex was watching it, and Alex was like, what the fuck, I hate this. That's about the frog. Oh, I hated the whole thing. I was like, this is stupid as fuck. And then I kept, and then towards the end, I fell asleep. And when I woke up, and I tried to put a, rewind a little and put it back on, I just kept falling asleep, and I was like, I give up. You know? I can only do so much. <laughs> Can't blame you, Alex. Oh, you had said that you thought the animation in the ride was better oh, than the movie. Oh, yes. I did say that. And then I took it back, and I think that the animation in the movie is better than the ride. Okay. Yeah, in my head, I'm like, I just said that, but you know what? I think I take it back. Okay. What do you have to say about that? I thought that it was better in the ride than in the movie. I think that, well, like, that okay, sense. the animation yeah. in the movie, the animation in the ride make is better, but the actors in the movie interacted with the animation better, yes. if that makes sense. Yeah, That's they did. That's a bar, Hillary. <laughs> No, Some but of that they acting did. on that right? Yeah, well, because the actors, or maybe it was like. No, the, she's saying the movie is better. Movie, I know, I'm saying actors. it's a low bar, though. Uh, yeah, like the actors were looking at Donald, which obviously isn't, there's really nobody there. And yeah. then it, it made it seem like it was. Whereas in the ride, the cook with the knife is looking at, like, Jose and Panchito, who was sharpening his knives, and he's, like, looking at the fucking sun. Yeah. And <laughs> or the waiter who does the whole, like, head spin. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Like, so the animation is, like, better quality-wise, but the actors aren't as... Like, I don't know, it was even more believable when Yaya was kissing Donald. Yeah, I agree with you. Well, does anyone have any closing thoughts on this? I never want to watch this again. This That's was fair. so bad. But I am excited to go on um, the ride in the Epcot, uh, Mexico Pavilion in Epcot. Yeah. And see what I noticed from the movie. I agree. I feel like it's, it's interesting that they chose this movie to be in Mexico because it was like Brazil and Mexico. Well, they don't have Brazil. I know, but I just thought it was interesting. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I think it's kind of really hard to like rate this movie because like it's it serves as like... It's not a movie. Yeah, but it, it serves as like... I don't know what the word is to like... Like for the, the strength in the relationships between... South America and Central America. But was this the only thing that they ever did to do that? Well, they did Saludos Amigos. They, they did, like, something, like, 
six different like package films they're called. Okay. It's a fancy way of saying they're just a bunch of shorts wrapped up in a movie. It's like yeah. They don't want to do shorts so to anymore. me that seems pretty half-assed. It just seems <laughs> it seems more like a commercial. Yeah. Like advertising the cultures. That's that's what it felt I, like. I think that's the biggest issue that I have is that there's just no story really. It's like Donald and his birthday, but like you know, it's really just an advertisement more than it's like those commercials you see on TV like advertising to go to you know come visit the bahamas or whatever yeah, you know yeah, it's yeah. just very mm-hmm. similar in that vein yeah um and i could see why critics weren't too like audiences weren't in favor of it yeah because they probably were expecting something similar to like dumbo you know bambi something along those lines and then they get this film that's just not really there's no story there really i, I feel like this is like a vlog not a movie. Yeah. Like, there's no storyline to it. Yeah. You're just I'm, watching these... Th- I kind of wish they just combine <laughs> the two. Not, like, at length and make it two hours. But, like, it seemed like... It seemed like one was really not needed. And yeah, somehow, like, Salus Amigo is even more unnecessary. Yeah, well, yeah. The, what was the purpose of the first gift? There was not to talk about a fake penguin, a boy with a flying donkey, which I'm sure probably is some kind of like Mexican tale. If the penguin story really just feels like a short that they had that they that just decided some, to throw in there. in there. It's a bird, sure. It's yeah. A bird. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I didn't hate this, but I'll, I I probably will never watch it again. No, I will never watch it. I don't it. think I have any desire to ever watch this and ever I again. I will not way. recommend. I don't even know why you would. Zero out of ten recommend. Right? Yeah. All right. Want to jump to The Little Mermaid? Alex looks like she hated that movie so much. Alex, give your thoughts. What do you think? Go off on, on that movie? Go, go off. It was just... wasn't keeping my attention. And it's kind of hard to keep my attention, but then when it keeps my attention, then you know it's good. Because otherwise... Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't be attending to it. <laughs> Got it. Did Michael see any of this? Mm-mm. Lucky nice. He can't come back until he watches Well, Michael this. literally, like, he... I don't know what is wrong with him, but he doesn't say the three caba- caballeros. He says the three campaneros. <laughs> and I'm like, Michael, that's not how you say it. He's like, whatever. I'm like, okay, but not whatever. Like, what, what are you not. even saying? But... He was like, I asked him if he wanted to come because he hadn't gotten any calls for work yet. He's like, well, I didn't watch the movie. I'm like, so what? And he was like, nah, I should have watched it if I was going to want to come. I you know like, what the okay. funny thing is? I bet you Michael would have liked this. Probably. He's, he likes weird, weird Yeah, stuff. you're right. He probably would have been like, I love that little penguin guy. Yeah. yeah. Well, the penguin was the best part. I mean, I don't think there's any debate about that. He yeah. was cute. He was funny. He was relatable. He yeah. just wanted to get away. He's like, you know, I do that too. If I just want to run away, I'm a runner. And then you would get homesick too. Yeah. You'd be like, oh, I want to go I back. I want to go back home. Like after like two days. Like I liked Pablo. And Smokey Joe is like the equivalent Smoky of Cleo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the rest of it, I was like, ugh. And, but I still, I don't even understand what the point of the Pablo thing was. Like it had nothing to do with yeah. anything else. No, it was just a story they, within a story. Like, yeah. yeah. Did they classify? Was that... Was the burrito, the flying donkey, is that classified as a bird? Is that a relative of Donald? It's a unique bird. They said, would you like to hear a story about a bird a, yeah, that you wouldn't unique, believe? Yeah, so... That you wouldn't believe. I guess 
he's cousin of Donald Duck. I guess so. I'm gonna, next time, if we do a character meet and greets, I'm going to ask Donald and ask him. Be like, so, how's your cousin Burrito? You should have a picture ready, because that cast <laughs> member is not going to know what the fuck you're talking about. Like, bro, what? They're going to be like, I didn't have Chipotle today. <laughs> I wonder if, like, how well-versed the characters are on these things. Well, that, when you saw, who was it? Minnie? When we saw Minnie at... Yeah, um, she knew Steamboat Willie, but that's, like, that's more, more familiar. Like, yeah. Hey, everyone, Dan here. Just wanted to give you a quick heads up before this next part. Uh, we recently saw the live-action Little Mermaid movie, and we're going to give you our thoughts on it. Uh, it should go without saying that this next part does contain spoilers from the movie. So if you haven't seen it yet and you don't want to be spoiled on anything, do yourself a favor and fast forward about like 13 or 14 minutes or so from here. Uh, otherwise, hope you've all been enjoying the episode so far and hope you also enjoy us talking about the live-action Little Mermaid. Here we go. So we also went to the movies this past weekend and saw the new live-action Little Mermaid. Against some people's will. <laughs> the year is 2023, by the way, yeah. just in case you're watching this in the future and there's another yeah. Little Mermaid that comes out. Yeah. Which I wouldn't be surprised if that doesn't happen Honestly, again down the road. Honestly, me either. Um, but yeah, we figured we would just like give our thoughts about it because, let's be honest, we're not going to get to this film until like five decades from now, <laughs> the, way, the way that we, the pace that we go. So... Mm -hmm. We'll forget what we said by that time anyway, so yeah. who cares? Who wants to go first? Who's got thoughts on this? Me. Go for it, Hills. I loved it. I thought it was very interesting because it was very... The dialogue and like the lines were very similar to the original animated film. And I only know that because I watched the animated film right before I went to see the live action. Some of them word for word. Yeah, literally we, we word for word the, lines. We watched the animated one when we got home and like they're word for word pickup lines. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I loved it. I thought that the animation and the CGI effects were awesome. I saw a lot of behind the scene things of it beforehand. So I thought it was um, interesting to see it all come together. Yeah. Some people said that it was dark, like they didn't like the underwater scenes because it was dark, but I didn't find that to I be an it was, issue. I didn't think it was dark either. I, I mean, sun doesn't necessarily reach all the depths of the ocean. I, I know. Like, dark came... like the lighting or yeah. dark yeah. like... like No, the lighting. No, the lighting. I think a lot of that came from the trailer that they put out because it was mostly Ariel singing Part of Your World. And like, she's in the she's depths in of the ocean, so like it makes sense. So I think she's people start to get worried. Yeah. But I gotta say, it was pretty well lit even so and like yeah. there's a lot of color outside of that too like under the sea yeah, yeah. yeah. really colorful yeah. yeah and even like um king triton's palace mm -hmm. i thought it was yeah bright i thought it was fine i liked i don't know i liked it i thought it was good i think hallie ba bailey right? hallie bailey i always want to say hallie berry um <laughs> not her hallie bailey did a really good job to me she gave off like a really good um like naivete and yeah. innocence and I think that that like really carried into her character because Ariel is you know she's 16 and she's young and she just is like an angsty teen and whatever and the other thing I want to point out and I spoke to you about this a lot of people shit on Ariel um her character in The Little Mermaid because they're like oh she changed for a man and I don't think that's true no. I think that's not fair because Ariel wanted to become a human before she even knew Eric existed. Yeah. She didn't want... She, like, she was so obsessed with humans before that. So it's like, no, she just used him as an opportunity to kind of, like, segue into a reason why she should she defy her father. Yeah. Like, she needed the push. And I feel like he was the push because she heard him say, like, oh, like, 
you know, just like how, what kind of a king he wants to be or whatever and what kind of a person he wants to be. And I think that that was interesting. And I think that people should like get off their high horse and not, stop trying to paint it like she was trying to change for a man because she wasn't. I also thought uh, Halle Bailey had a very distinctive voice that you'll be able to easily pick out if you hear it without yeah. any content. Like she has a very unique voice to her as well, which I think was kind of cool. Singing or Singing. Yeah. yeah, she was good. Sing yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Alex, did you have anything to say? I loved it. I thought it was really good. The one thing that was disappointing to me, I thought they could have picked a better. Um, King Triton. Really? I thought King Triton was awesome. I agree with you. I just feel like he didn't seem like... Angry? He, like, he <laughs> didn't seem like he was like his father whose daughter is doing this thing that's very dangerous or like, he just seemed like, just like power hungry more than like a loving father. I don't know. I just didn't feel like they had any like fatherly, daughterly like connection or anything like that. I thought he was just, I just thought they could have picked someone better. Oh, I, I was, I fair. actually like thoughts that I was going to add on was that I loved King Triton, and oh. I thought he did a great job. It's so different. I did yeah. on that. I thought Melissa McCarthy did a great job as her Amazing. Yeah. Dude, I, I did not. I, her in funny I, stuff. I, I, yeah, I, I didn't remember, know what to think. I remember I did when not. they announced her, people were really not happy with yeah, me. Yeah, me. It was me. It was, really? Hi, I'm no, people. No, you weren't alone. No, I wasn't. And because I, I just saying, don't... She's going to surprise people. She's going to be awesome. I she just have... I Like, for me, my first, like impressions of her is literally from the show Gilmore Gilmore <laughs> Girls. That, yeah. Did you guys watch that? Mm -hmm. no. She's the chef. Her name is Suki in the show. And like she is such a bumbling moron. <laughs> like I like the character. Don't get me wrong. Like Suki's cute and she's like fun and whatever. But like she's like just not like you would never look at Melissa McCarthy and be like, oh yeah, this character is can, can be Ursula. <laughs> well, but she's in a really good all the funny stuff she's in. Like, yeah. Bridesmaids and that movie with Sandra Bullock. And, like, yeah. anything I've seen her in, she's, like, this funny, like, jokey Bubbly, character. Mike, yeah. Mike, uh, Mike and Molly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thing. Not, like, um, a serious, like, villain. Yeah. But, you know? like, she got the, the Ursula voice sound. Yeah. And she did it in a way that wasn't, like, an impression. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Where you could tell that she's trying to be, like... Yeah. Like, she just, like, had the voice down perfectly where if you close your eyes... It sounds like Ursula. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. You know? So I she thought was she really did good. Uh, good job. Yeah, I wasn't crazy about Prince Eric. Uh, I thought he looked exactly song. like the animated, the one. animated one. Yeah, but yeah. Well, the songs that they did that were like um, new. I don't know if Some I'm of them just were okay. I didn't really like. I hated his song. Yeah, I didn't like I didn't any of the new things. songs. I didn't like his song. Oh, I didn't, you didn't I like the Scuttlebutt one? No. Oh my god, the fucking Scuttlebutt. Was that the rap? Yes. yes. Oh my god. I Dude. was like, no. bro, what's happening? I don't like Aquafina that much. Like, I'm no. not... I find... I think she's funny, like, in Crazy Rich Asians. Like, I like yeah. her. And in I think in Raya, she's okay. So it's not her acting or anything. It's just, like, her voice is a little grating to me. She reminds me, I feel like, and this might just be her personality, and if so, that's great. But to me, I'm like, she's, like, almost trying too hard. Yeah. Like, is this your personality, or are you, like, really just putting it on to be, I'm, like, the annoying, different, unique kind of person? Yeah. I'm gonna like, which a, is it? I'm going to take a step further. I actively cannot stand Aquafina. Okay. <laughs> I think she brings down the quality in everything that she's in. Wow. No, I like now, her. I will say in this, she's not as grating okay. in other things. Is Except for the scuttlebutt. Was... <laughs> Aside from that, like, she's mostly fine as scuttle. She's, yeah. she's well, not... scuttle is annoying. Yeah, yeah. so like, she, but she's not over the top where you're like, like, I don't know, I find her cringy a lot of the time. 
Uh, yeah, and again, I can't, I don't know if that's just like her acting style or if that's like her actual Actually personality. Her. Like I don't know, I don't know what it is. So I don't want to say like I don't like her because I don't know her. But... No, yeah, I, I don't mean that like personally. I'm sure yeah. she's nice. No, I, I'm but just like you know. I heard her for the first time in Raya, and that movie has its flaws. But I feel like every time she was on screen, yeah, I wanted to kill myself every time I she mean, spoke. Oh, wow, that's intense. I mean, I don't know, but maybe like I mean because there are people who have that personality, right? Like mm. her. Her, like, very over-the-top, like, you either love me or you hate me. Maybe, like, that's a conscious thing mm-hmm. where she's just like, I'm going to be like this. And if you, like, for those people. No, that's mm-hmm. great. Like, I I am I am happy that a lot of people enjoy her because, like, she's in a period with Disney, it seems like, where she pops up a lot in Disney now. Yeah. yeah. And, like, I'm, like you said, I'm sure she's very nice and maybe she is incredibly funny. I just. She's like, the next Josh Gad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. But yeah, I didn't like that song, though. The Scuttlebutt song. Oh, yeah. that I, just comes out of nowhere. It just I slaps you in the face. I didn't think that was a necessary component to the story. Well, she had to do a rap because she's a rapper. Yeah. Well, I, I did love Kiss the Girl. I thought yeah. that, that was my yeah. favorite that was song cute. that they... And I thought the scene was cute, and I just liked it. And... Oh. I'm oh. sorry. I just have to say, I was disappointed in the costuming. But only Ariel's costuming. Okay. I was disappointed in the dress choices. Not because I didn't think the dresses were great, but because in the animated film, there's so many. Yeah, like, I, there I watched it again. There's so many. But I felt like, so in the animated film, there's Mermaid Ariel, there's weird tarp Ariel <laughs> when yeah. she comes out of the water, then there's like the blue dress, then there's the pink dress, then there's the wedding, um, gown. The wedding gown, and then there's also that purple sparkly the thing sparkly at the end. One. In this one, she's she's just, she's mermaid Ariel, then they put on... The tarp, it the, was like the, yeah, yeah. Fine, whatever. Then they put her in this like what, it was the blue thing or mm-hmm. and like that was pretty much it. Yeah, the or end, or right? the pink thing. Which one was first? The pink it was, one? No, it was the blue one first. But yeah, the pink and, one was when she got married. Right, and like the blue one was fine, but like that was it. And she didn't like have her ball gown dress, which okay, fine. You don't have to have the same style, but like she only had like three outfit changes, and I felt like the blue dress and the pink dress were very very similar. So mm. what the fuck? Where's her sparkly dress? Maybe I wanted to know where the sparkly dress to was. To make it more like historically accurate. Whereas like if you lived there, you wouldn't be wearing a different dress every day. But she was in the palace and historical to what time period? Because they don't reference that. I don't know. I'm just saying. Whatever time period it was that they didn't that they were still on horses uh, and carriages. I'm just saying. I don't really think that there's like a concrete time period or area that they're necessarily like fixed too so i don't really know how much uh, that holds also her father has a magic triton so yeah <laughs> wait so i didn't think they got married at the end they didn't show it i thought they were just kind of going off no that was their honeymoon their, that was their honeymoon they referenced really? them being married yeah don't they have mm-hmm. a wedding scene on the beach like i don't know just to me it just seemed like a send-off like, they, they didn't show any... Well, maybe they didn't. I'm having getting so confused because I watched The Little Mermaid yeah. too, and now I'm like, what? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, there's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot. No, I don't think... I think... I don't know if there was a scene, but they definitely no. were married. Well, I know that they finally... Disney finally got their opportunity to make Ursula giant. Oh, that <laughs> yeah. was really cool. Yeah. That was terrifying. Yeah, because it seems like they've always been wanting to make her bigger, and they can't, like, on the ride... And they made her, like, the size of, like, a galaxy at the yeah. end. They had, we had the choice of watching this movie in 3D when we went. And I 
specifically chose not to watch it in 3D because I knew that the Ursula scene was going to be scary and I didn't want to watch it in 3D. <laughs> and I couldn't take my glasses off. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, I mean, well, is there anything else? Yes, there was no what? Les Poissons song. Yes. No Les Poissons. I nearly walked out of the theater when he, I heard he, that He, 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 ha, ha, ha. Yeah. I was so upset. How do you take that out? Never forgive you Les for this, Disney. I know. And they put it in a year, a few years ago, they did, like, a live performance of this mm -hmm. and they exclusively hired John Stamos to be the chef because that's how important they felt that character was yep. yet they didn't put it in this movie rude so rude Very I just don't understand how do you feel about Sebastian the way they made him I liked oh, him I liked him yeah. I thought he was funny too he yeah. was like one yeah. of the best characters Michael yeah. had not seen The Little Mermaid and he was very I'm not used. interested in seeing it until Sebastian well, yeah. came on screen. He and he was like, him. he's like, I love that crab. He yeah. was also very surprised to learn that Sebastian is a crab. Yeah, and not, not a lobster. lobster. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I don't really know why he thought it was a lobster. I think that's... He's always known as Sebastian the crab. Like, yeah. he was never... He doesn't even look like a lobster <laughs> in the animated one. Yeah, I think Michael was mad that he didn't, in the animated one, didn't walk like a crab yeah which i get but in this film they made him walk like a crab he definitely walked side sideways, sideways. yep <laughs> listen can't get everything right every time you know well i think the moral is, is that if you have the choice this weekend to go see the little mermaid or to watch the three caballeros <laughs> you <laughs> should watch the little mermaid, Don't see yeah, the little mermaid. definitely <laughs> oh we should have reviewed guardians of the galaxy number three oh we'll do that next time Best movie ever. Go see it, everybody. It made me cry a lot. Yeah, it's a sad one. Literally hard, ugly, obnoxious, disgusting, embarrassing cry in the middle of the theater. And poor Hillary was sitting next to me and she was like trying to just like face forward and just like hone <laughs> in on that screen. And she was just like, well, then they were just like, Damn, how did you really not? Did be a ceiling in here. Yeah. Well, they were just like, how did you not cry when you watched this, Hillary? And I was like, I don't know. I just didn't. I usually cry at everything. And I'm like pulling like my hood up and I'm like pulling the strings and I'm like literally like just my eyes are peeking <laughs> out. It was, yeah. Well, that's going to be it. Excellent job, everybody. The Three Caballeros is done. Watched and reviews. Did we, uh, did we have fun? No, we didn't have fun, did we? I mean, I had fun today. Did the best fun part, talking about it? The best part was the pizza. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but I was like, there was pizza in this film? <laughs> no, that we ate oh, today. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the We Watch Disney podcast, everyone. Uh, next time... Oh, yeah, what's next? I'm always so excited. Is that sleigh bells I hear? <laughs> no. It's Christmas in July, knowing how long we take to finally record, because it is the 1947 live-action Christmas classic, Miracle on 34th Street. Oh, wow. yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. Has anyone that. seen that? Wait. What, I think like, so. Like, the... The old one. I don't know. Like, the one, like, that my dad watches? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I've seen that a lot. Okay, yeah. You? Yes. I didn't know that was Disney. No, I don't think so. It's not Disney. It's 20th Century Fox. Oh. I guess I'm going to have to get into why that's on there, then. <gasps> Be sure to follow on Twitter at WeWatchDisney. Spread the word and subscribe. We're basically everywhere that you find your podcast, so that's much appreciated. Also, like to mention that if Disney World is your thing, check us out on YouTube at We Went to Disney. We go to Disney World and blog about it, food reviews, resort tours, ride videos. Uh, Toy and I just got back from Hilton Head, which was a great video, unless you're some other people, I think, disagree, <laughs> but that's okay. I don't want to talk about it. But yeah, check it out, sure, and all our, prior, yeah, all our prior videos are on there as well, youtube.com slash at we went to Disney official. I think it's going to be enough from us, so it's a goodbye from Toya 
Feels Alex. And Dan, and of course... Thanks for listening to our wet talk. <laughs>